Another part of pride that, is, that goes unnoticed is the term pinkwashing. And pinkwashing is a term, which I, um, this definition is straight from Wikipedia. And it's a term that uses that is used to describe the action of using gay related issues in a positive ways in order to distract attention from negative actions by an organization, country, or government. And a lot of the times, um, and unfortunately, queer people weaponize um, gay issues to distract from what's happening in a, um, by bad actions by a government. For example, with Palestine, with the whole uh, Free Palestine movement, some queer people came out and were like, I, I'm not going to support Palestine because Palestine, they don't support gay people. They, um, they put them in jails and stuff. And while it's true that Palestine does have issues with uh, relating to gay rights and other queer issues, it's not right to shift the focus of the actions of what Israel has done to Palestine because um, it, it distracts from the true issue at point with um, Israel bombing Palestine. And so we need to make sure that when we talk about gay issues, we're not weaponizing them. We're trying to advocate, not weaponize to distract from other issues going on. And we also have to take a critical look because many times these um, non-Western countries, they have these um, homophobic and transphobic ideas, not because of their own, but because of colonization from Western society. Um, Western society is the creator of all these homophobic and transphobic ideas. And many a times um, before colonization, gay people and gender non-conforming people, they flourished in these non-colonized areas. But when Western society came in, they pushed these homophobic ideas onto them. We need to look critically and make sure that we recognize that these ideas are not necessarily that they came from within those own societies, that they were pushed onto them by um, Western imperialism. That is something really important to take into account. I, I actually hadn't really thought of that. So thank you for introducing that take, Austin. It's, you know, everything is intersectional. Everything is layered. It's hard. It's so difficult to make a judgment just based on, you know, one certain facet of an issue. Like everything is layered and a lot of things, most things are tied in to race and colonization and imperialism and class. And, you know, all these different things that like form the truth in its whole. So it is, it is absolutely 100% important to think critically and to make sure that you're looking at all sides of an issue before you make a remark that, that could hurt others and that could be harmful to a society or to a community. And from there, I wanna go ahead and ask you both how you see pride moving forward in the future just given everything that's happening, whether that is regards to the new legislation that's being passed in certain states and, and with regards to different discourses, both within and outside of the community, like how do you see pride moving forward in the future? I guess I'll just leave it at that. There's definitely a multitude of ways and options that this can go, but going back to what Austin was talking about earlier, I think it has to start with us decolonizing ourselves and making sure that we accept who we are to make sure that we have the chance to make sure this all goes the correct way. And that definitely ties in with making sure that we're fighting for our rights, we're fighting for trans rights, we're fighting for making sure there's no longer that much discourse within our own community and making sure that we are stronger together to make sure that we can fight and stay in the ring for as long as we possibly can and make sure that it doesn't even become a ring anymore that we just live somewhat in peace. 
I agree. I, I think one of the main things that we as a community need to focus on is removing the barriers among ourselves. Like, it doesn't matter if you're from a different letter of LGBTQ+, we're still one community and we still have a lot more enemies on the outside than we do on the inside. So we need all the strength that we can get and we need to give that to each other and receive that from each other in order to achieve like the true queer liberation that we were talking about earlier. I have to agree with both of them. I think with Pride going forward, I see it as being more inclusive than it has ever been. A great emphasis on intersectionality, um, lifting up our Black trans women who are basically the foundation of what we're talking about right now. And I just see it as a beautiful, inclusive thing that hopefully um, that we'll be able to deconstruct this heteronormative society at some point and um, we'll be able to come together and form a, a great inclusive society. So we want to end today's podcast with a discussion of what pride means to us. And we're going to integrate within that a, our, each of our coming out stories. So prepare for that, as well as a piece of advice for our queer listeners and those of you who may be questioning. So Gabriel, do you want to go ahead and start us off? Yeah, of course. So Pride to me means a safety and a chosen family that I get to become a ride or die with since my coming out story was a little hectic. So when I first came out, I was still a girl. I came out as bi and my mom was just like really confused with what happened. And it was just like super funny because then it was even better when I came out as pan and I was like, yeah, no, this is great. This is what we're doing. And then after realizing that it wasn't my sexuality that was changing, it was my perception of gender that was changing. So I ended up coming out as a trans man. And the first day was hectic to say the least. It took a lot of just mainly anger that came in first of my mom not understanding what was going on and how I became the man I am today to where I'm still genuinely scared to come out to the rest of my family and even though that I'm out to the rest of the world I feel like I can never tell my grandparents or even my great-grandparents whose house I'm in right now even though they are the loves of my lives they don't even know I have a tattoo on my wrist so it's just it's terrifying to feel like that perfect child that has such this big boulder of disruption in the life that I can just throw on them at any time and I just feel like I can't do that to them so my piece of advice would be to stay calm and that eventually everything will turn out the way it needs to be it's just all coming to divine timing and making sure that you have that chosen family to talk to when it comes to your gender your sexuality and making sure that you have your ride or die that you have with you at all times because it is just so needed whether it be a brother a friend a partner because i know i absolutely go to my sister and two of my friends at all times even though one is a straight cis man who knows nothing about it <laughs> so it's just stay calm stay true to yourself don't don't lie to yourself don't do anything that will put you in danger just know who you are and know this is who we're going to be, no matter who knows it or not. I guess I'll go next. Um, what does pride mean to me? It means that I have a loving family of people that 
are similar or just like me and understand what I'm going through and will always have my back. And that I'm also comfortable with being who I am and comfortable with being who I am with friends, family, and the whole world. And so my coming out story, it's a little, it's uh, okay to say the least. Uh, I mean, I'm still like on that journey because I haven't fully come out to everyone. Like I haven't fully come out to like all my family and I don't know if I'll ever will, but um, I remember the first person I came out to was my best friend, Maddie. And I told her right after a GSA meeting. And it was so funny because like, I'm assuming like most of my friends already knew I was like at least some kind of queer and she knew too because um, she herself is, um, is a WLW and um, she was just so accepting and I just felt for the first time loved and that I could be myself and after that day in school I gradually came out to other people around me including my mom and dad. My dad took it a little bit um, uh, it's still a work in progress, but he definitely accepts me and supports me. And I would say for a piece of advice that um, make sure you're in tune with yourself. Make sure that you love yourself first. Make sure you need to love yourself first before you give all that love out to other people and announce yourself to the world. And honestly, sometimes you don't even need to come out. Um, you don't even need to put a label on it sometimes. And um, we all have different ways to come in out or um, to be ourselves. So my words of advice is make sure you have a support system and make sure to love yourself first because we all need a little bit of self-love. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for your lovely stories. And I, I think it's really nice that we get to kind of like be vulnerable on the podcast. Um, I love it. Um, okay. So what does pride mean to me? I actually have a complicated re relationship with pride because I don't like when people, or I, I just don't want my sexuality to define me, I guess. I want people to look at me and see other things before they see that I'm queer. So, you know, that's, I guess that's where my complicated relationship comes from, where I'm like, man, like, why do people care so much about like, who I choose to have sex with, like, that's kind of weird. But then again, a lot of people do care a lot about who I want to have sex with. And that's exactly why we do have pride. So that at least it's positive attention that we're getting instead of negative attention. Um, and a lot of members of our community are still very, very marginalized, much more than myself. As, as a cisgendered person, I do have a lot of privilege. And that kind of moves into my piece of advice where, um, my primary piece of advice is recognize your privilege because we all have an element of privilege that other people in the community don't. If you're like, for example, like I as a cisgendered lesbian have more privilege than perhaps a non-binary lesbian or a trans femme lesbian or I'm white passing as well. So as someone who's not white passing, I just think that it's really important to recognize that privilege and to use it to to defend other members of the community. And that's something that um, I've learned about since coming out and that I've really tried to internalize and take to heart. So yeah, I just think that overall, it's really important to recognize your privilege and to use it to help other members of the community who have less privilege than you do. 
And another part of my piece of advice that kind of goes along with what Gabriel and Austin says said is that there will always be someone who will support you. Maybe it might not seem like that, like in the moment, if you're closeted, if you're questioning, but there will be someone who will support you. And, you know, that is any of us, please reach out to us on at TSV pod. Our, our ads are on the Instagram. Um, you know, there will always be someone that's there for you. And that is here to help you navigate the confusing nature of being a queer person. So yes. And my coming out story, I went out of order. Um, ooh, oops. Um, my coming out story. Okay, so I came out as bisexual when I was a sophomore and I did it kind of low key. Honestly, um, I was talking to some girl who wanted me to come out to my parents. She's still my girlfriend. Shout out, love you. Um, yeah, so I like kind of came out to them. I kind of like slipped it in conversation. And my my dad, my dad was kind of pretty biphobic. He was like, no, that doesn't exist. Um, and I was like, ooh, yes, it does. But my mom took it well. They both took it well. Like, honestly, I'm very, very lucky. And I only realized I was a lesbian like a month ago, a couple months ago. Um, and I haven't told them yet. So if they're listening to this, surprise, mom and dad. Um, love you. Thank you for supporting my podcast. And yeah, so that's my incomplete coming out story. Um, yes, it's a work in progress. I'm out to pretty much everyone but my parents, but I've kind of implied it. I just haven't said the word lesbian to them for no reason I'm just literally for no reason I know they would support me very lucky to have a supportive family oh an extended family yeah I mean I'm not really out to anyone over the age of like 75 and I never plan to come out to anyone over the age of 75 um you know I didn't want to just be deemed like the lesbian one by my grandparents and my great-grandparents as you know as older people tend to do. And also some of my family's just straight up homophobic. But that's another, you know, that that's a whole that's another thing. So yeah, that's that's kind of my convoluted coming out story. It's, you know, obviously coming out is not just like a one and done thing. Um, I don't know if you all have read Epistemology of the Closet. I'm gonna link that here too because it's great. It is queer theory. We love it. And um it is one of the one of the concepts that resonated with me is that like coming out is like your entire life as a queer person it's like there's a constant process of coming out in the sense of like every time you meet someone new you say like this is my girlfriend boom you've come out again it's like your whole life and so yeah I mean I think that the concept of a coming out story is, is kind of funny because it's like coming out to who, when, like the first time, the fifth time, the 20th time. But yeah, I mean, we all have our complicated relationships to quote unquote coming out. And, you know, I encourage you to find the strength to come out, of course, only if you are safe to do so, but it, it does feel like a relief there will be people who will surprise you and they will support you even if you think they don't. So please, if you feel safe, um, I encourage you to do that. And if you ever need anything, please hit us up at TSV pod on Instagram. And we have a lot of queer people working on the podcast. Um, happy Pride. 
So yeah, we would love to be there for you. And yeah, so that is all I have to say. And we've had a wonderful time discussing Pride and Pride Month and queer liberation and coming out and all of this fun stuff with you. So have a great rest of your Pride Month. Also remember that all the sources that we have discussed are in the show notes. And if anything goes on, make sure that to message us, we're always here for you. We are that safe space that you are looking for. When I was first talking about my coming out story, it was a hot minute with my mom, but that was really just a five minute argument of her trying to figure out what was going on. Because now she is my strongest defender and the one who always has my back. So it does get better no matter what you think. It just all takes time. And that's what came back to my divine timing of how I'm surviving this. We love you and we're here for you. And, you know, we've we've been there. We really, we've been there. Um, all three of us in different ways, different families, different identities, but we've all been there. Yeah. Um, and remember coming out is not, the biggest important thing of being queer, you know? Um, just make sure you love yourself and you have a great support system. And I hope that you can be happy. And if you ever need advice, you can seek out me, Sophia or Gabriel. All right, bye everyone. Bye. bye.